Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Well, hello, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. Super excited to chat with you today about sales tax, everyone's favorite topic. Now, sales tax, boy, oh boy, where do we even start with sales tax? I want to say that sales tax is more complicated than income tax. That's not true. Income tax is actually, I think, much more complicated because there's a lot more involved. The tricky thing about sales tax is that it varies state to state, which makes it a pain in the ass. But I think the bigger thing about sales tax is it's a total mystery to everyone, right? Like most of us know that we go pay sales tax when we buy stuff at the store, but otherwise we don't really know anything about it. And we don't think about it that often in the context of our business, at least when we're getting started. To compound on top of that, most bookkeepers are not knowledgeable in sales tax, which, you know, we wouldn't really expect them to be other than to do the necessary tracking that they need to do in order to get that information to a tax accountant. But a lot of tax accountants don't know about sales tax either. Like a lot of tax repairers are just going to say, no, I don't do sales tax, which, you know, their prerogative for sure, not knocking that, but it leaves us leaves a lot of small business owners between a rock and a hard place, so to speak, when it comes to their sales tax. So on today's episode, I'm going to read an excerpt from our Profit Rx textbook on kind of my primer on sales tax and how to help you get started. Now, before I do that, though, I want to again remind you all that I have an open house coming up uh, this coming Monday. The fort is it the 14th? I believe the 14th of March at 9 a.m. And all I'm going to tell you is that I'm going to be putting out a semi new offer on how you can get access to all of my resources in order to have your legal tax and finance friend on demand. That's me. Uh, everything that I have to offer, really, it's not going to be your standard training or workshop or masterclass. It's more of an open QA. I'm going to give you uh, the information, like pricing information, which will be a very accessible price point on this new offer, how you can get signed up. I'll give you a tour of what's included, and we'll just chat and have a dialogue. And uh, everything that I'm going to cover for you today is available to you in the program, meaning like the sales tax information that I'm covering is going to be included in this program. So if you're like, I really need to learn more about that, make sure you come to the open house. So www.bradendrake.com forward slash open house. I also, my um, Apple Watch is going wild. I probably should turn off my notifications before I record. But since I've started, I have had two upcoming podcast guests confirm uh, via Facebook Messenger because that's how, I, that's how I like to do business. So get excited for those, those individuals that are texting me now. They're going to be fantastic guests. You're going to love them. I won't, I won't give away too much. Okay, so let's get into sales tax. Repeat after me, friend. Sales tax has literally nothing to do with income taxes. Our income taxes are those that go to the IRS and to whatever the IRS equivalent is in our state. 
So in the first part of Profit Rx, I talk all about income taxes. In particular, I discuss how taxes fall into one of two categories. Throughout the first two parts of the Profit Rx books, I explain the primary forms of income tax. The second big category is consumption taxes. A consumption tax is a tax on purchases of goods and services. They're paid or owned by the paid or owed by the purchaser. Consumption taxes can take the form of sales taxes, tariffs, excise, and other taxes on consumer goods and services. Sales tax is a challenge for a couple of reasons. Or sorry, I think I skipped a paragraph. Sales tax is a consumptive tax, which we contrast with income taxes. Think about the difference as taxes on what you purchase versus taxes on what you earn. Sales tax is a challenge for a couple of reasons. The first is that business owners are treated as agents of the state with regard to sales taxes. When we must collect the sales tax, we're basically holding we are basically a holding account and collector for our state government. Imagine you meet someone at a business event and they say, hey, I really want to sign up for Braden's program, but I only operate in cash. Here's $300. Can you give it to him the next time you see him? You would say yes and take the money because you have a trip already planned to San Diego. Would you spend the money? Of course not, because you're an ethical, awesome person. Think of sales tax the same way. Consumers owe taxes on certain transactions. They're giving you the money they owe the government. The golden rule of sales tax is to never, ever spend money collected for sales taxes. That's tax fraud. We don't want to commit tax fraud. Tax fraud is a no-no. We spent a big portion of the previous section in Profit Rx talking about income tax. We pretty much owe all owe income tax, but sales tax is a bit more mysterious. There is no federal sales tax, which means there are no rules that apply to everyone. Instead, we must look at general principles across the states and ask ourselves, do we owe sales tax in this state and do we need to collect it? The short answer is we need to worry about sales tax in a state when we have nexus with that state. But what the hell does that mean? What is nexus? All right, so when is there nexus? In a law, we have a fun concept called nexus. It can most easily be defined as a connection between two things. Under sales tax laws, there must be a nexus between your business and a state for you to be subject to sales tax in that state. The first type of nexus is physical presence nexus, which is also our most obvious form. If you live, work, and do all things in the state of Illinois, you have nexus with Illinois. And in most states, you would also have a nexus if you have an office or employees in the state or where you have a quote-unquote regular presence in the state. This regular presence bit is, a, is the trickier part. What does regular really mean? Most states are intentionally vague about this. My general rule of thumb is that we should assume we have nexus in our home state and we should do our due diligence of investigation in any state in which we physically work more than about once a year. For example, I have a friend who's a wedding photographer in Southern California. She's originally from Las Vegas and maintains a referral network there. About 40% of the weddings she photographs takes place in Nevada. She definitely is going to have nexus in both states. So our next type of nexus is called economic nexus. Let's reconsider my photographer friend, assuming instead she sold physical goods. 
We can still assume she does 60% of her business in California and 40% in Nevada. However, in this case, she is shipping all of her goods to Nevada. She never goes there. Now she has no physical nexus. She's not physically located in the state of Nevada. Under the old rules, Nevada would be unable to collect on her sales. This changed in 2018 with the South Dakota versus Wayfair case. Under the new rules, a business may have economic nexus with the state and be subject to sales tax if they surpass certain sales thresholds. For most states, that threshold is $100,000 in sales or 200 total transactions in the state within a given year. If you can confidently say you meet neither of these thresholds, you can disregard economic nexus and focus solely on physical presence. If you are above those thresholds, check out the sales tax summary I created for you. So this is hyperlinked in the textbook. So you won't have access to that unless you're in the program. Use this as the, as the start of your research. If you appear to meet any thresholds, dig deeper into the rules through the specific state in question. On what do we owe tax? Okay, so before I continue, that's kind of our summary of Nexus. So that's our first question. In which states do we owe sales tax? Well, we have to figure out where we have Nexus. Now we can look at on what do we owe tax. Once we figure out where we owe it, now we can figure out what we owe. Your first question, like I mentioned, do I have Nexus? Yes or no? If no, we no longer care about the state's remaining rules. If yes, we've got to ask, okay, on what types of sales does this state collect sales tax? We can broadly sort each type of sale into one of three categories, tangible, personal property. So the tangible personal property is one type, digital goods, and then third type is services. In short, tangible personal property is any type of physical good other than real estate. Digital goods are items like eBooks and photographs. Um, so that would specifically be digital photographs, right? And we probably all understand what a service is. In the past, I hadn't put much thought towards sales tax outside of tangible goods. I knew there were some exceptions, but was surprised when I began researching just how many states charge sales tax on digital goods and services. Each state has its own unique sub-rules. Specifically, one resource notes that there are six different types of services. The states that do charge sales tax on services are all over the map with regards to which services are taxable. For example, Alabama only charges sales tax on amusement and recreation services. So think theme parks and bowling alleys. Professional services are the most infrequent type of service subject to tax. This is great news as most of us provide professional services if you're a service provider. Check the sales tax summary again for your state's general rule, then follow the link to the resources to dig into specifics. For each type of offering in your business, ask yourself, is this subject to sales tax? All right, next we're gonna talk about the separately stated rule, which is another wrinkle. There's always so many wrinkles, especially when it comes to taxes. What happens when you have a hybrid offer, like a service mixed with a physical good? Take, for example, floral design. Florals are a good. California state rules specifically that contracts for floral design are fully subject to sales tax, except for installation services. That's kind of odd and specific. For example, if you have a wedding floral contract, for a $3,000 total, which is broken down and itemized as $1,000 each for florals, design, and installation, 
$2,000, the design and floral portions is subject to sales tax and $1,000, which is the installation is not. You can only exempt the installation fee from sales tax if it is quote unquote separately stated. It needs its own line item on the invoice and in the contract. Another common example for this concept is photo albums for photographers. If the primary purpose of the contract is to take photos and deliver digital images, you may be able to use the separately stated rule to only charge sales tax on the photo album. Again, check your state rules. I cannot emphasize enough that these rules are all state by state. So those rules for the separately stated business was primarily the standard in California. If you're an in-person sales photographer, your whole contract would likely be subject to sales tax because in that case, your purpose is to sell them prints, right? Okay, calculating the sales tax. Each state has their own sales tax rates, just like income taxes. A quick Google search told me the average sales tax rate across the U.S. is 6.25%. Let's go through an example. Jada sells goods in her home state where the tax rate is 6.25%. If she sold a good to a customer, uh, if she sold a good to customer A for $100, she would calculate and add sales tax of $6.25. The total to the customer would be $106.25. So it's pretty straightforward. We see this every day as consumers. Jada would then sit, set aside the $6.25. She will do this with each sale. All the money will be ready to go back to the state when she files and remits her sales tax. However, not all sales tax situations are that simple. Let's look at some additional examples. So back to the separately stated rule. Back to our floral example, Fran is a floral designer in California. She contracts with the client to provide wedding florals. The total contract price is $3,000 and the cost is broken down as follows. $1,000 for florals, $1,000 for services, and $1,000 for installation. She should separate it out on all the invoices. Remember, sales tax does not need to be charged on the installation portion, and the invoice should look something like this. So I obviously then have a photo of what your invoice could look like, charging only sales tax on the installation fee and having it separated from the other fees on the invoice within a total due. Okay, buying wholesale. Let's talk about wholesale for a second. If you are an interior designer, interior designer in particular, you're going to find this portion helpful. Things get a bit more complicated when you are when you are in the buying and reselling business. This is super common for our interior design friends. Designers can apply the purchase can apply to purchase goods from most retailers free of tax. Here's how that works. You buy a sofa from a retailer tax-free for $2,000. You then resell that sofa to your client for $2,500. The state wants you to collect the sales tax on the full sales price. You'd invoice your client for $2,500 plus the sales tax on that full amount. Assuming a 6.25% tax, that'd be $156.25. What if you bought the sofa and it wasn't tax-free? You paid the 6.25% tax onto the $2,000 when you bought the sofa. Now you resell it to the client for $2,500. How would you invoice them? The state still wants the tax on the full $2,500, but you should charge the client, but should you charge the client tax on the $2,500? Answer, no, because then tax would be collected and paid twice on the first $2,000. Instead, you need only collect tax on the difference between your purchase price and sale price, 
which is $500. As you can imagine, that can get quite complex when you have multiple transactions for multiple clients. This is why it might this is why it's easier to try to buy everything wholesale. So after this, we have a guide in the program called the sales tax snapshot, which walks you through like a step-by-step flowchart for this portion. And we also have a section on use tax. Now I've talked about use tax on the podcast before. So I'm going to kind of leave you there because that already was a lot of information, information rich. If you have questions about this, bring them to the open house on Monday. Uh, again, link in the show notes for the open house information. I hope that you found this a useful and informative. I'm going to be doing a couple more episodes like this in the coming month or two. So stay tuned. If you're loving the podcast, share it with friends. And I hope to see you on Monday. Have a good one. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.